Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Hey guys, welcome to episode 34. Um, we are continuing our church calendar exploration by digging into Advent a little bit. Yep. So this is the first week of Advent when this episode comes out, and it's the week of love. Yes. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about what that means in context of Advent and yes. the church calendar, but also just sort of what does love mean to us? What are some lessons we've learned about love? Yep. And just kind of talk about it. So do you want to go into sort of the context of this? Yeah. So, you know, every, if you've ever been around the church at all during Christmas season, during Advent, you know, you light four candles every Sunday, you light a different candle. The first candle mm-hmm. that you light is love. Um, so that's the one we're talking about this week because that's the first calendar or the first candle that is lit in the Advent wreath mm-hmm. is the candle of love. And it's this, you know, it symbolizes Jesus coming to earth. That's God's demonstration of love to us is by sending his only son. You know, the mm-hmm. whole the whole picture of love there is the picture of Jesus coming to us because God loves us so much he couldn't leave us in the state that we were in. So he sent Jesus. So that's why we celebrate yeah. the love portion of that. And it also, um, so each one of the four calendars, no, calendars, <laughs> we're just talking about the church calendar. My brain's on calendars. Each one of the four candles represents a different part of the story too. So like one is for the shepherd, one is for the prophets, mm-hmm. one is for the kings. And so the love one is is Mary because we also see the picture oh, of Mary's love. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. And the picture of Mary's love in, you know, her being the mother of Jesus. That so. seems appropriate because when we were talking about um, a couple of days ago, like, how are we going to talk about love? Yeah. Um, I think the thing both of us said that we've learned about love is that it's a choice. Yeah. And um, not just like a one-time choice, but yeah. like a daily choice we make yes. to love the people around us and how it's hard. Yeah. Well, I think about the story of Mary. The story of Mary and Joseph is just always so fascinating to me. Like— you know, Mary, obviously, she's going to love her baby. There are very few mothers that don't mm-hmm. have an unconditional love for their baby. Like, yeah. Except for people that have extreme mental illnesses. But outside yeah. of that, you know, even if it's done in a tortured way or a misrepresented way or whatever, yeah. every mother. Like, so it, it, it it's somewhat understandable that Mary always had this love for Jesus. Like, even up to the cross when she's there at the feet of Jesus. And, you know, Jesus tells John to take care of his mother. Like, there's always this mother-son love. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's a supernatural thing because mm-hmm. mothers always love their their children but i think about joseph like mm-hmm. in that culture like he finds out that his fiance is pregnant like he, like they could could have stoned her like yeah. at, or at, at the and at the that's at the very most at the very least i mean he had full right to because once you were engaged in that culture and the dowries were passed and everything it was like you were married like mm-hmm. you just needed to go through the ceremony and you know consummate the marriage but like you were already bound to that person when mm-hmm. you were engaged okay. to them and so the fact that she came up pregnant while they were in the middle of their engagement, like, I mean, he was allowed at that point. Because at that point, in an engagement in Jewish culture at that time, you would have had to have a divorce. Even, it's like, it was still, it was like a whole proceeding, a okay. legal proceeding. So, he, but he would have been in his, fully within his rights to divorce her, and he chooses not to. Um, but, well, mostly because the angel come and beats, comes and beats him upside the head, <laughs> but uh, figuratively. But he, he, he shows an act act of self-sacrificing love to Mary to 
to continue in that relationship with her, despite his complete, you know, lack of understanding of what was going on. You know, yeah. I mean, the, I think even, you know, even when an angel comes to you and tells you what is about to take place, I still don't think he fully understood. I don't think Mary fully understood what was going on. And so uh, for him to like move forward um, in an act of love towards her um, is a beautiful picture. And then his love for Jesus is a beautiful picture mm-hmm. because that's not his son. Yeah. You know, he takes him on as his son in a human matter, but that's not his son. They had other children together, you know? Yeah. But, um, and so I think that Joseph's a beautiful, beautiful picture of self-sacrificing love. Well, I think Mary just being willing. Yeah. Her is willingness. Huge yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, if I were married, Jesus probably wouldn't have come because I probably would have said no. I mean, honestly, I probably would have been like, no. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. No, I'm good. Next yeah, person. I don't, need, I don't need to to, to give birth to the Savior. I'm good. I don't need that. Seriously. Because, I mean, because that's most scary. people, I mean, most people around her, I'm sure, were like, sure, Mary. Right. Yeah. yeah you, you didn't sleep with anybody else. This, mm-hmm. You know, you became pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, so the ridicule that she must have faced, like, she, yeah, it was... It was a huge willingness for her to to do that. And she was so young, you know. Back then, you you would have gotten engaged and stuff when you were, you know, early teens. That's so weird. I know. She would probably been like 13 or 14. That's so weird. Yeah. I can't think about that stuff too long. Sometimes the Bible is weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just their, their life expectancy. I know. So I know. I know. Yeah. I know. So, but it's still weird. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, as we were talking about it earlier this week, it was just that, that whole thing of, like, we— I mean, even the little, because I think when I got married and had kids, I I knew love was a choice, but I don't think mm-hmm. I really knew that until I was faced with feelings that weren't what I defined as love, which yeah. now I would just say were like warm fuzzies or I felt like it or yeah. kind of like, because I think sometimes when love is immature, it's selfish. It's like, yeah. I love you because it makes me feel good to love you. Or you've done something for me. Yeah, so I'm going to, yes. yeah, or I want you to keep liking me, so I'm going to keep making you, like, dinner or, like, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, um, So it's self-serving, yeah. Yeah, and I think um, it's just been really fascinating to me to, because I knew love was a choice, but it's something I have to do all the time. Yeah. And I'm, like, so aware of that. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's, I don't know. It's crazy to me how much I have to choose to love and how selfish I still am. I mean, I have two kids and a husband and a pain in the butt dog, and you would think I'd be used to it by now, but that like selfish not love that's inside of me is just constantly fighting it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we all struggle with that. You know, some people struggle in greater scales than other people. You know, there's some people that you just look at and you're just like, wow, like they can, they just are so giving of themselves, but you know, they struggle in other areas or whatever. So some people it's more of a struggle than others, but I think everybody struggles with this. And I think, you know, when you're young and immature, you know, and you say, I love you to your high school boyfriend or whatever, like that is not, that's not true love. That's, you know, um, a feeling or, you know, hormones (laughs) or whatever, you know, but like the developing love that happens in a sustained relationship, um, even with ups and downs and and the constant choice, it's just like forgiveness or anything else. You're constantly having to over and over and over. It's like a muscle. 
It is a muscle. And I think it's the same way with our love for God, right? So God is love. God unconditionally loves his children. He sent Jesus, even when we were enemies of him, he sent Jesus down on the cross for us. He sent his only son. Like, mm-hmm. he's the picture of love. Like, everything that we know about love, we can find out through God. Um, we can't reach the heights of the love that God um, is. We can't be God. But, like, we can tap into our in- we're made in his image. So we have the ability to love in greater capacities. And I think we even know we can, mm-hmm. but like a lot of that is like supernatural. Like it's yeah. not something we can drum up in ourselves. And I think that's where I fail is when I say, I need to love my kids more. Yeah. Or and I grit, grit and bear it. Or like, mm-hmm. I need to love that friend that's really annoying me more. Or I need yeah. to love that neighbor next door who's doing things I don't like. Or, and by the way, all my neighbors listening, I'm speaking metaphorically. I'm not actually talking about any of you. But like, <laughs> um, but or or I need to like love my husband better and I just mm-hmm. need like grit and even though he makes me so angry, I'm just gonna push through. And mm-hmm. I think that's where we falter because we're 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 broken and we're fallen and and we don't have the ability to love perfectly. And I think we need we have to tap into like a supernatural that we we need God's help to love other people. We can't do it by ourselves. It's true. And I mean, if you've ever been up with like a newborn at three o'clock in the morning, yeah, and everything in you is like, nope. You just want to, but you just, it's like something propels you out of bed that is not you. That is not you. Or, you know, even now that, you know, those are, those days are long past, but kids still get sick in the middle of the night. Yeah. You hear that horrible barf sound in the middle of the night. And you like roll over and you're like, maybe I can just ignore it. (laughs) And maybe my husband will wake up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But of course you're, you're going to get up. Right. You know, and, and, you know, and that is the love that is outside of ourselves. Yeah. For sure. What about you? What are, what are some areas like you feel like you've like struggled to love? And then what do you feel like you've learned about love? Like as you've gotten older? So definitely. So two things. So I would say like in like um, romantic love. So I did not have a good picture of what romantic love was supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. So I had more of the picture of things get hard. We give up. Like, that is the MO that I was brought up in. And so it was really hard for me um, to, like, get past that. Mm -hmm. So, like, for me, like, my mental block has always been if it's hard, then it's not love. And if it's easy, then it's love. Oh, yeah. Which I know mentally that's not true. But, like, like there's this block. So if a relationship is getting too difficult, that means I need to stop it. Mm, because mm-hmm. obviously that's not a loving relationship. Now there's sometimes we've talked about boundaries. We've yes, talked about yes. sometimes where when things are like not the way they should be, you need to put up walls or fences or whatever. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, every relationship's hard. Mm-hmm. Like relationships with coworkers are hard. Relation anybody that you're in like yeah. close proximity to, like your and best the closer, friends, the your harder. Best, yeah, exactly. They you go through hard times and it's difficult and you have to push through and it's hard work. Like relationships yeah. are hard work. And I think wh- where I've grown is that like is to lean into that hard work and see that that, that is actually a true act of love. A true yeah. act of love is to lean into the hard work and push through it and get get to the other side of that instead of to give up because my tendency was always to like when it got hard is to give up mm-hmm. and um I, you know that makes for a lot of shattered relationships or not shattered like th- there was never any relationships you know that friendships or whatever that were that were like traumatic or like dramatic or anything it's mm-hmm. just like you just like 
softly ghost someone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or they just like yeah. fall away. You don't keep in contact with people because it's just too hard, you know? Mm-hmm. And God's teaching me a lot more about leaning into that hard, the hard part of that. Yeah, for sure. So that's like kind of like the romantic part and then like, or just, you know, that the relational part of things. But I also like, God's teaching me a lot about what you said about, um, about feelings because mm. I'm sorry when you've been married almost 18 years and it's like 20 years that you've been together, like you don't feel towards the other person the way you did the first day you met them. Sure. Yeah. Like that constant, that first attraction to somebody like that fades away. Like that's healthy. That's supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like physiologically you're drawn to somebody that way for a reason Mm -hmm. and then that it fades and then it's supposed to birth something more mature. Yeah. And I'm starting to learn that there's beauty in that too. Yeah. Because I think that we see that as, like, whole drawn boring, like, oh, you know, we're that old married couple that, like, yeah, you know, when there's actually beauty in that, too. Oh, yeah. The first couple of years Chris and I were married, if we didn't have anything to talk about at dinner, I would start to panic and be like, we have nothing to say to each other. What's wrong yes. with us? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Do we, are we not in love anymore? What yeah. do we do? Uh, uh, uh. And it was just, it's so funny. Wait, you did that? Or that doesn't make sense about you. <laughs> <laughs> me who's paranoid about everything all the time um, but yeah I mean and I think culturally this is just not the message we get like we yes. always get that message that if it's not sparky and awesome and yeah. like we're not just like falling into bathrooms together and I won't elaborate but yes. things like that that it's just not even love anymore and we should just yeah. get a new one and we yes. just see people as you know, it's like Tim Spoiled. Keller talks yeah. about consumer love versus covenant love and yes, all that I stuff. I love that. I love that too. Tim Keller's meaning of marriage, FYI. Maybe we'll tag that. Not yeah. all of our listeners are married. But I have single friends who have I have single friends book. who love it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not really about. No, it's it's love in general. It's, it's not yeah. just about marriage. Like, yeah. it's, it can be applied to a lot of relationships. It's so good. It's a really so good, good book. I would, I would say that's one of his best. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's so hard to. Because, I mean, I, like, I'm, (laughs) this is so funny, because when it comes to books and other things like that, I have, like, this, I like all this higher level stuff. But when it comes to, like, movies and TV shows, I like real basic romantic comedies. Um, I (laughs) I like a good chick movie. And so, but if you actually, like, pare down every single one of your favorite romantic comedies, they're totally, completely wrong about love. Oh, totally. But we get into this mentality that that's the way it should be. And we have these expectations of of the way. And and that's friendships, too. Like, you watch TV shows and movies about friendships and good girlfriends, and you're like, oh, that's the way it should always be. And there's never any hard work. That's why I love Sex and the City. Yeah. I felt like like that was one of the good things about that show was, like, they just, there was drama in their relationship. They showed conflict. They showed conflict in their relationship and I and that's the way life is yeah that doesn't mean you're not in love anymore or that you don't love that person you love that person by working through the conflict and well and it's that quote like the opposite of love is not hate it's indifference exactly and that's just been really hitting me lately because it's really easy to just become apathetic to people it is as a defense mechanism yeah for sure I'm I'm guilty of that for sure like I would much rather you and I get in a screaming match than us just be like oh hi how are you? Yeah. You know, it's like, that's yeah. so much worse. Like ships passing in the night. Yeah. yeah. It's horrible. Or, yeah. No, that is definitely because there, there is a, there's a seething under that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's just keeping the peace, but yeah. Yeah. And that's discernment too. Like knowing when to. Yeah. Be uh, a peacemaker and when that you need to like confront. Yeah. That's totally. hard. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. 
for coming so we could have a counselor. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That, and I think that, I think this all goes back to, you know, we were talking about in our last episode about like ways that we can be intentional in Advent. I think that this week as we like contemplate, um, I, so I try to do each of the weeks of Advent, like, okay, so this is the love week. So like do some like self-examination, like mm-hmm. where am I loving well? Like don't be completely hard on yourself. There are relationships you're probably doing really well at. Like yeah. where am I, where am I doing this well? Where am I seeing this displayed where, where am I seeing people around me that are loving well, like Mm -hmm. get some hope from that. And then like, what are some areas that I need to work on? Like, where do I need the Holy Spirit's help to help me love people better? Like it is a very often prayer of my wake up in the morning. Oh Lord, help help me to love my, my kids better. And that doesn't mean, you know, I'm bend to their every whim and all of those things, but like, how can I love them? Well, how can I love, you know, my neighbor? Well, like, Mm -hmm. It's just because I can't do that on myself by myself. And mine's not a hateful speech or like meanness or manipulation. Mine's just like ignoring mm-hmm. that there's people around. Yeah. Yeah. How can I step outside myself and not ignore the people around me? Yeah. That's a good one. Well, and when it comes to, I mean, do you think that love and sacrifice, do you think good love is always sacrificial? That's a really good question because I think if we say, I don't think there's a hard and fast rule there because I think if we say that all love is self-sacrificial, then people take that to the extreme of like this kind of martyrdom of like, uh-huh. I always give of myself to this person and yeah. it almost comes to this like codependent relationship. But I do think that that true love always has an element of stepping outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like if you like pick a relationship in your life, whatever it is, like whatever your best friend or whatever, pick that relationship. And if you can't in the past like few weeks, this is something you're super close with and spend day in and day out with. If you can't think of a time where you stepped outside of yourself in the, that relationship, I think you're probably doing it wrong. Like, mm-hmm. so that doesn't mean you always give and never get anything. And there's not this balance and re- reciprocity in the relationship. There should be lots of reciprocity in a healthy relationship. But like, I don't, I don't think that, I think, I think that a healthy relationship, you also have to be like, like with you, like in our business relationship, like, if I can't think of a time that I've stepped outside of myself to do something for you, then I'm not doing very well. And I think that we need to spend mm-hmm. some time thinking about that. Like, why am I only wanting them to do something for me and me never to do anything in return? So maybe you could say it's like a, a willingness to sacrifice. Yes. That you are willing to do it. Yes. Even if, it, it, because, because it, the opportunity might not come up. The opportunity might co- not come up or it might be like, you're giving so much of yourself and that, that then, you know, there's this codependency or a lack of boundaries or whatever. And you're always giving, always giving, and you're being completely drained emotionally in a relationship. And you can just tell yourself, well, I'm just showing the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, that, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that's what that means either. Yeah. So. But I think it's like the, yeah, the willingness to be inconvenienced, right? Yes. Like yeah. It's a willingness to, it's funny you're saying that. And I'm like, but my kids drain me all the time. <laughs> They're so codependent. Well, <laughs> just kidding. They're three-year-olds. They're supposed to be codependent. <laughs> your goal in life is to increasingly move them towards independence. But and so and so hopefully they won't be as codependent as they are now when they're 30. But like it's 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 a marathon, not a sprint. Right, right. <laughs> 
That's yeah. good. So good love is willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. and it thinks of the other person first. It does. And I mean, that's, you know, that's what scripture says, right? Yeah. When, in Philippians, when he says, you know, when Paul talks about um, Jesus' display of love and his coming, you know, from earth, like in humility and, you know, this, that, I mean, that the love that he showed was, you know, putting everybody else above himself. And that, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to put other people's needs above our own needs. Um, and that doesn't mean we don't have any needs. Mm-hmm. It just means that, you know, we make a choice sometimes to put others' needs above our own. Yeah. Which I think motherhood's a perfect example of that because yeah. you kind of don't have a choice. Yeah. And so it teaches you a lot. It's a very much—mothering is very much a sanctifying process in that way, as is marriage. But yeah, it's in a totally different way because I can still choose not to do things for my husband and he'll survive. Children right. will not. Right. You know, so. It's like automatic covenant love. Yes, exactly. Like you can't get out of it. You can't get out of it. You're bound. Yeah. (laughs) We were just talking before we recorded about how I'm like in a season with my kids where I'm feeling like resentful just because they have so many needs all the time. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like exhausted of it. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't really have a solution to that. But we were just talking about this in real life and how it is just like a daily dying to yeah myself over and over and over so i think there's that and there's also recognizing that it's okay that Mm -hmm. you feel that way Mm -hmm. and that you need to find some time to do some self-love too which i think you do a good job at but like i think you need to that when you're really feeling that amped Uh up like you need to like check and make sure like have i you know spent some time doing something that's good for me yeah so that you can love them and pour out into them even better but um and i also i think that a portion of this week of Advent, too, is not just, like, examining how we are loving other people, but, like, how are we feeling the love of God? Mm, like, because mm-hmm. I think so often we just, like, move super fast through our Christian life, but we don't sit and rest in His love. Like, do we really believe He loves us? Do we really believe He has the best for us? Mm-hmm. Do we do we really feel that? Like, do I really sit and rest in God's love? And so I think kind of examining that part of our heart, too, is good, too. Because we, if we don't receive the love from God, then we can't love other people. Well, I mean, that's something I struggle with all the time because I will tell you till the cows come home that, yes, God loves me and all of those things. But I don't—I mean, it's still—I don't really most days feel that in my heart. Like, because if I did, I would be a completely yeah. different person. Yeah. So, like, what, what, can, what can we do to make that more real? Yeah. I think, you know, I think about the verse—I was just the verse, um, I can't—is it Colossians where it talks about— where Paul prays for them that they would know the height and the depth mm-hmm. and the width of God's love for them. I think that um, praying that for ourselves, like going before God and being like, God, show me, show me the height and the depth and the width of your love. Like mm-hmm. show me how much you love me. And like sitting and resting in that, I think that when we move fast this goes back to like we've talked about a lot about resting mm-hmm. and spending some time in silence. And that doesn't mean you need to be a monk or yeah. spend an hour praying, but like just five minutes of just sitting and be like, God, I'm just gonna sit here in your love. Mm-hmm. And like until we can do that, like we can't yeah. conjure it up, those feelings up. I think we have to rest in it and we have to ask him to show it to us. I heard um Lisa Harper on a podcast and she was talking about how she works with women who have come out of prostitution. Yeah. Did you hear this thing? She I mean, about? I've heard her speak before. She was talking about how they were like, they didn't understand God's love for them. And um, they wanted like a visual. Yeah. And she said that the love of Jesus is like when you have a warm load of laundry out of the dryer and yeah. you just like lay in it. 
yes. and sit there, except it like never stops being warm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I love that so much. But, but I can't. It's a good visual. It I like is. That. I can't. Or like a tub that never cools off. Yeah. Like that first feeling you get in bright yes. when you like sink into a hot tub. Yeah. That's a good yeah. feeling. No, I, I like that feeling. I know. <laughs> Now I'm going to go take a bubble bath. Um, but yeah, no, that, oh, I love that. I do. I love that picture. So like, I'm very, I'm a very visual person. So like when I sit in my like times of silence with Jesus, like I need to picture something because you know, you're supposed mm. to just like think of a word or, yeah. and then you're supposed to just kind of sit in that instead of like, you know, this is for solitude, not for prayer. But like, just, I think of like crawling up into a lap. As yeah, a child, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like how you would crawl up into a lap. And that's kind of the way I feel, too. Like, oh, that's great. I see that picture of, you know, Jesus with the children, like, crawling up into his yeah. lap. Like, I picture yeah. myself as one of them. Yeah. And that's how I can experience it the best. So. And um, practical resource, Jesus Storybook Bible. Yes. I read through that. Like, I'm reading through it now. And it's just because, I mean, this is probably, I get the, like, the more, this is just a hard thing. And it's like the the crux of our faith really, you know, yeah. is God's love for us and through Jesus and all of that. And I do struggle with that, but that book just really helps to put it in a perspective where every story is told through the lens of Jesus. Yeah. And it's just written so perfectly. The thread through is how God, yeah. it's, you know, what, what does she say? She says the never ending, never stopping, never ending love of God. Yeah. Like every story kind of like contains that thread yes. all the way through. So even in Noah mm-hmm. and Job, and all, all of those stories, it's like this never ending, never stopping. I don't remember exactly which adjective yeah. she uses, but it's this. Never oh, feeling. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful song. I mean, beautiful book. You, do you know the story behind the story, Jesus Storybook Bible? No, tell. So she actually wrote that. Um, she originally, when she was sitting down to write that, it was for um, a Bible translation for people out of sex trafficking and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, it was written so that she can just, like, that it could be used as a resource, and then it turned into a children's book. She had never actually originally intended it to be a children's book. That's really cool. It's awesome. Yeah. It's so good. It's I beautiful. Think we should give a, a book resource for each week. Yeah. You know? That's a good one. And you know what's great? There's actually, and I'm going to link to this, too. I'll try to remember to do this. There, The Advent readings that I do with my kids mm-hmm. um, during Advent it links to a, a, a story from the Jesus Storybook Bible. Oh, so cool. every, the nightly readings every night come from the Jesus Storybook Bible, but it's like an Advent, like reading oh. of it. So it takes you through Advent. So, and it's, that's a good resource. It's a free resource online that just like oh. tells you which part of the Jesus Storybook Bible you should read which night of Advent. That's really cool. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. we'll link to that. Yeah. Um, okay, good. <laughs> Actually, let's do a giveaway. Do you want to do, let's give someone a copy of it. Yeah. Okay, so um, giveaway. Giveaway. We will give away a copy of the Jesus Storybook Bible. Yes. Um, and if and you already have it when you win it, then you can give it to somebody else because it's a great gift. So, hmm, we're, we're coming up with this all a minute. How are they going to win, Rebecca? I don't know. We'll have to talk about that and think about it. Okay, uh, go on our Instagram today, and we will do a live explaining the giveaway. Yeah. How about that? Definitely. And we'll just ship it from Amazon to your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, go Super on our easy. Instagram at noon today. Yes. Perfect. Okay, cool. Awesome. We'll make note of that so we don't forget to do it. Because <laughs> we're recording this. This episode doesn't come out for like three or four weeks. <laughs> we're actually recording it. So hopefully we don't forget to do that. Somebody remind us. <laughs> no, we'll remember. We'll remember. I have a planner now, y'all. Yeah. She writes everything down. Oh, now. we didn't talk about what was working for us. Can I say my written planner is working for me? Is it? I'm so proud of you. Yes. Me. I've been very resistant. I went from having a wall calendar and then I bought a dry erase calendar 
And then my kids could reach it. And now they erase things off of it. So that's unfortunate. <laughs> um, and you can't like plan in advance. It's only one month at a time on a dry erase calendar. It's kind of a problem. I know, I know. But I also, I don't like feeling like tied to stuff. And having a planner kind of made me feel like I was a slave to it. But then Rebecca pointed out that it's yeah. really freedom. And yeah. so I've been seeing it that way. And it is helpful because all those little things, I'm like, oh, no, I have to do this and this month and I just have somewhere to write it now. So you just write it and then you can forget about it and yeah. fill up your brain for other things. It's true. So a, a planner is working for me. What's working for you? It's working for me right now. The fact that fall sports are over. Oh. We don't have to be somewhere every night. Oh. That is what's working for me. That's this is nice. the first week. Well, this is when this podcast comes out, it'll have been several weeks, but the week we're recording this, which is like the first week of November, or what are we in the second week of November? The second week of November, I we're finally done with fall sports. We had we had to be at a softball field or a soccer field four days a week. So mm-hmm. I uh four nope. of the seven days. <laughs> so um I've Super excited. Last night, we actually sat down as a family and ate dinner, and we didn't have to rush anywhere. So I would say that's what's working for me. That's awesome. Yep. Look at us with our planners and our no sports. Yes. It's lovely. (laughs) Well, I hope this was helpful. I mean. I think I I thought I loved our discussion. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. I think it was good. Okay. Awesome. I hope everybody's having a good advent. Yeah. And next week is Faith. Faith. Yep. Yeah, so next week faith, we'll be talking faith, about faith. faith. Now I have to sing George Michael. So we're going to sing George Michael. And right now I'm thinking Tina Turner. What's love got to do with it? Yeah, that's but, what I keep singing. But that's not really the message, Tina. Tina, that is not on brand for us. Yeah, what's love got to do with it? Love has everything to do with it. <laughs> love hurts? No. Maybe no. that's appropriate. Because we're talking about how it's sacrificial. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. This is bad. Bye. <laughs>